What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, and catechesis. I will sit with your questions. I will pray with them. I will study them. And hopefully, I will respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. But here's my disclaimer. I'm not perfect. I'm not infallible. Therefore, the advice that I give to you, the responses I share with you might not be good for you. If that's the case, please reject whatever it is that I say doesn't help you to become a saint and you walk toward eternity. But if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ so our Lord can give you the graces to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time. If you are a first time listener, you can up with your own questions at www.assistantpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, potentially, it could be good for other people as well. Uh, on today's show, we're going to address the questions about altar servers, altar boys, and altar girls. We're going to talk about the stations of the cross, and we're also going to talk about bringing our kids to mass. Like, man, sometimes it's, it's just really hard. Do we have to bring the small ones, the littles, to mass with us when we go to worship God? Now, before we answer those really good questions, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story this week is coming in from my, my good friend, Father Kurt Young. Father Kurt Young is in Africa right now serving in the armed forces. And there were two ladies that he works with, uh, two disciples of Jesus Christ, two faithful Catholics, Lauren and Andrea, or Andrea, I'm sorry if I can't get your name right, but Kurt loves you. And Lauren's in the Navy and Andrea is in the Army. And uh, they're, they're, they're big um, followers of the show. And so I just want to give them a shout out and thank them for, for listening, ask them to pray for us, and also to let them know that I'm going to be praying my night prayer for them uh, this evening because we're grateful for their service, for the work they're doing to protect our, our land here in the U.S. of A. And uh, we're so grateful for you. And so my glory story is that my buddy Kurt, uh, Father Kurt Young, was uh, doing his ministry and he ended up encounter these two women who are uh, faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, faithful Catholics, and protectors of our nation who have been appreciative of our show. And I was just very grateful for Father Kurt uh, to share that with me, that they have benefited from the different podcasts that we've done over the years. Uh, as I said in the last show, we're going to take a quick hiatus over the summer so I could transition to my new parish assignment at Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be there. And, uh, and so we're going to be back in August, uh, but over the summer, there's going to be a Spotify playlist for you to pray with me through music 
encouragements, pray with scripture every day, pray before blessed sacrament every day, pray with the poor every day. If you're in the Louisiana area, go get plugged in um, and help the poor at Holy Rosary, the Philly Grace Cafe. They're doing great work over there. And then eventually when we get things uh, rocking and rolling uh, in Baton Rouge, where I'm at, uh, we're going to do a lot of collaboration between the parish of going to Sacred Heart and with uh, St. Vincent de Paul and with Mother Teresa's nuns, the Missionaries of Charity. And we're going to see what good things the Holy Spirit has in store for all of us in our walk toward eternity. So with that being said, let's jump into today's show. All right, first question comes in from Roseanne. Roseanne writes about bringing our kids to Mass. Hey, Father Josh, my name is Roseanne, and I'm curious about your opinion on something. I have one little boy under the age of two. We attend Mass every Sunday, Holy Days, and occasionally daily Mass too. As hard as it is sometimes, I love bringing my son to Mass and pointing out Jesus to him, but occasionally my husband and I will attend Mass without him. For example, my father-in-law stayed home with him during the Easter vigil. My husband and I went without him. We've done this other times just for our regular Sunday Mass, too. I have a couple of friends who are adamant that their little ones, similar in age to mine, never miss Mass. They seem to think that it would be morally wrong. I'm just wondering if it's okay that my son sometimes doesn't go to Sunday Mass while he's in this little. Thanks, Roseanne. Yeah, Roseanne, that's actually a really great question. So, although all children are welcome to come to worship with us at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The obligation to attend Mass is not binding for those children who are under seven years old. So the church's law that obligates Catholics to go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is found in the Code of Canon Law. So like, there's a bunch of books that it's good for Catholics to have. The Bible, great book, obviously the best book. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, really good book. Uh, the Summa Theologica of St. Thomas Aquinas, really good. Uh, the Documents of Vatican Council, Vatican II Council, really good. And the Code of Canon Law. These are books that we ought to have in seminary, so I just figured they'd be good for everybody else too. But in the Canon 1247, it says this, On Sundays, in Holy Days Obligation, the faithful are obliged to participate in the Mass. Moreover, they are to abstain from those works and affairs which hinder the worship to be Render to God the joy proper to the Lord's day or the suitable relaxation of mind and body. But in Canon 11, it says specifically, merely ecclesiastical laws bind those who have been baptized in the Catholic Church are received into it, possess the efficient use of reason, and unless the law expressly provides otherwise, have completed seven years of age. So, if your two year old baby is not at the age of reason, then your two-year-old baby is is fine. Uh, it is a gift to bring them to Mass. I love when babies come to Mass. I get it. It's difficult because sometimes they can scream and cry, and you're like, I'm just trying to focus on the Word of God. I'm just trying to have this time of silence. I'm just trying to enter to worship. But I've always found babies help me worship because I imagine that at the sacrifice at Calvary, it was 
it was loud and it was it wasn't really reverent and there was screaming and there was it was just messy probably and that's what babies bring to mass they bring the reality of like you know what it was really messy back then so being messy today is probably going to help me to enter more deeply into the holy sacrifice of the mass we don't go to mass for ourselves mass isn't about me mass is about jesus it's about worship of god it's about being present to to christ the holy sacrifice of the mass and so I'm sure that whenever Mary was there, whenever John were there, there were other people around them who were screaming and who were crying and who were just a hot mess. Uh, but nonetheless, they kept their eyes on on Jesus. And so if you could bring your baby to Mass, bring your baby to Mass. If every now and then you need to have your baby watched, it's okay. You're fine. The church permits that. So don't condemn yourself. Don't accuse yourself. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. Have hope that whether your baby comes with you at Mass or doesn't come at Mass, that the Lord Jesus Christ is inviting you to just enter deeper into the holy sacrifice, to console the heart of Jesus Christ crucified. All right, so hopefully that was helpful. Speaking of Jesus Christ crucified, our next question comes in from Anonymous, and it is this, can I pray the Stations of the Cross when it's not Lent? If so, why don't churches pray them outside of Lent? All right, that's actually a very good question. So the Station of the Cross, uh, they follow the path of Jesus Christ from Pontius Pilate to the tomb of Christ. It's a popular devotion that many parishes pray during Lent. Um, and so you can pray whatever you want as a personal prayer. You're, you're free. There are 10 commandments, not 10,000 commandments. There's no commandment that says you can only pray the stations during Lent. So if you find them to be a helpful prayer, pray them whenever. For, and I'll be honest with you, I love the rosary. My favorite mystery is the Sorrowful Mysteries. And there are days when I don't pray the Sorrowful Mysteries just on Tuesday and Friday. There are days where I pray the Sorrowful Mysteries on Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Saturday and Sunday too. And I know, right, they're like, wait a minute, but like the mysteries are on, on Sunday are the glorious mysteries. So you can't do that, but but I do. On Monday, it's the joyful. Yeah, I do joyful a lot. But every now and then I feel called by the Spirit personally to pray the Sorrowful on Monday. So I don't do that in the church in any kind of liturgical environment. But for my personal prayer, if I perceive the Holy Spirit invite me to pray with the, the Sovereign Mysteries, to enter into the Garden of Gethsemane, to go with Jesus and the Passion of the Christ, I'm going to go there. So my invitation for you, Anonymous, is for you to, to pray the stations if you feel like they're helpful for you to abide in intimacy with Christ, whether it's the Easter season or the ordinary season or the Advent season or the Christmas season. But for communal prayers, they're reserved for Lent, right? So we just have to make a distinction of what is the communal prayer and then what's something that the Holy Spirit's inviting me to do right now in this season of my life. With that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question about altar servers. Can they be boys? Can they be girls? What's the church's real teaching about this particular topic? Stay tuned. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean author of You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. 
You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Quick reminder, you keep up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash Josh. spell it A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. If this show has been good for you, potentially it can become good for other people as well. And finally, if you want to stay in touch with me over the summer, you can buy my book, On Earth As It Is In Heaven, Restoring God's Vision of Race and Discipleship. You can get it at www.assistionpress.com slash on earth and on amazon.com. And you can check out our Spotify playlist with all of the music songs that I will be praying with this summer, unless the Lord leads me in another direction. Last question comes in from Georgia. Georgia. Georgia writes this. Hey there, Father Josh. Just want to start by saying you're awesome. Love the podcast. My question for you is about altar service. I've been a member at a couple of different parishes, and sometimes girls are allowed, sometimes they're not. I've heard opinions for either way, but I'm curious about your thoughts. Does the church say anything specifically on this? I'd like to know if there's an actual answer instead of just opinions. Okay, Georgia, that's actually, what I love about your question is, yeah, you want to get to the, what does the church actually teach? So what does the church teach? Well, the church permits women and men to serve as altar service. Uh, in March of 1994, the church permitted female altar service. The Holy See allowed this, and they allowed bishops to establish policies on whether that they would allow female altar service in their respective dioceses. So it's the universal church says, yeah, like this is permissible, but we're going to leave it up to the bishops and their dioceses. But in 2001, the Congregation of Divine Worship and discipline of the sacraments also said that diocesan bishops cannot force priests to implement a diocesan policy allowing for female altar service. So there's like the Holy See saying it's permissible, but we're going to leave it in the hands of your bishop. But then it also says that within that context, your bishops can say, yeah, in general, my diocese, we can have male altar service and female altar service, but we are going to leave it in the hands of the pastors of the parishes. And a pastor of a parish will discern what's best for his land. Holy Spirit might inspire some pastors to say, yeah, you know, guys and girls can be off the service in, the, in this community and it's going to bear supernatural fruit and that's beautiful. But also the Holy Spirit might tell some pastors, hey, look, for this particular parish, what's best is for it to just be men. And that's not saying that we don't like women, that we hate girls. It's just saying for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit inspires different geographical boundaries to do different things. There have been statistics that have shown that whenever there are all-guy altar servers, that sometimes it helps to facilitate vocations, right, to the priesthood. And there have been other studies that have shown that some girls have benefited as well. Uh, but it's it's up to the pastor and it's up to the bishop to say yes or no in that context because the Pope and the, the church universe has already said that it's, it's permissible. So, yeah, it's permissible, and it just depends on what the bishop says and then within the bishop, what the priest and the parish are saying as well. It could be good. It could bear fruit. And if it doesn't bear fruit, then just stop, right? So like 
one thing that we did when I was pastor at Holy Rosary, I had a great team of disciples, Wendy and Jamie and Susan and Rainy and Rainy and Jenny and Michael and Joseph and JR and Dwayne and Rochelle and Becky. We had a great team of disciples who we collaborated with whenever I was at, at Holy Rosary. It was just lovely. But one of the things that we did on our team was we would examine supernatural fruit is what we're doing bearing fruit. And so what might be bearing fruit in the parish next door, which might be all guy altar servers, might not be bearing fruit at your parish, which might be guy and girl altar servers. Or what might be bearing fruit at the parish next door, guy and girl altar servers, might not bear fruit at your parish, which might just need guy altar servers. So you have to constantly like take your good ideas and go before the Blessed Sacrament and Ask the Father to inspire you to be about His business and to not be caught up in looking at other people's parishes and what other people are doing. And just ask the Lord, what do you want us to do? We want to bear fruit. We want to be saints. We want to form saints. We want to cultivate vocations, state life vocations to the priesthood and consecrated virginity and marriage and uh, religious life. And so, Father, what do you want from our land? And if we remain faithful to Jesus, He will tell us. So that's my spiel. With that being said, we're going to take a little quick break for the summer. We'll be back in August. I was October, August. And uh, yeah, just let's pray for each other. Check out the Spotify playlist, buy the book, uh, pray with it. Let me know your thoughts on it. And, uh, and let's just try to be saints, right? None of us are perfect. None of us have all our stuff together, but all of us are loved by the Father. All of us have been called by name and chosen by our Lord to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last for disciples of every race, nation, tribe, and tongue, and our walk toward eternity. With that being said, God bless.